0: Welcome to the weekly worship podcast from the Presbyterian Church in Morristown, where we pause our busy lives to dig deeper into our faith. If you enjoy what you hear, please subscribe, or if you have someone in your life that may be inspired by this message, please share it with them. Let's listen to how God might speak to us today, and remember to be the good in your community, a community that matters.
1: Friends, our second reading is from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, verses 4 through 12. Hear God's word to us today. Then I saw that all toil and all skill and work come from one person's envy of another. This also is vanity and a chasing after wind. Fools fold their hands and consume their own flesh, better is a handful with quiet than two handfuls with toil and a chasing after wind. Again, I saw vanity under the sun, the case of solitary individuals without sons or brothers, yet there is no end to all their toil, and their eyes are never satisfied with riches. For whom am I toiling, they ask, and depriving myself of pleasure? This also is vanity and an unhappy business. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up the other. But woe to one who is alone and falls and does not have another to help. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though one might prevail against another, two will withstand one. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Grant, O oh God, that only the truth be spoken, and only the truth heard. Amen. If last Sunday, the sermon for last Sunday, was about buildings, then this Sunday it's about people. The church is not a building, the church is not a steeple, open the doors and see all the people. So if you weren't here last Sunday, let me catch you up. Over these last few weeks of the season of Lent, we have been diving into the book of Ecclesiastes It's sort of a strange thing to do during Lent, which is typically a time when we read some of the longer narratives from the Gospel of John, stories about Nicodemus, a woman at the well, a man born blind. They tell us about the way Jesus dealt with all of these different sorts of people throughout his ministry, and especially as he made his way to Jerusalem, which was the place where he died. As Lent goes on, these stories bring us closer to understanding what his ministry was all about, and in many ways, that brings us closer to the cross as well. So like I said, it's a bit strange that through this season of Lent, we've been looking instead at Ecclesiastes, a small book of the Hebrew Testament written a few hundred years before Jesus was even born. However... As we've been talking about these last several weeks, Ecclesiastes has within it some themes that feel especially relevant to this season. While it doesn't follow Jesus' journey to Jerusalem or to the cross, it does bring up for us some ideas that tend to come to mind at this season of the church year things like our own mortality, what it means to work and to labor. To live a life that is full of meaning and purpose. In Ecclesiastes, the author who is called Kohelet, which is a word that means something like teacher, Kohelet tells us that there's a time for everything, for every matter under heaven. Last week, if you remember, he walks us through this little thought experiment. He imagines what it would be like to accumulate as much as possible, to live a life of Utter and complete pleasure I will make a test of pleasure," he says. He builds and builds gardens and orchards and palaces and homes. He has great possessions, flocks and herds and, and gold and silver, the treasure of kings and of, promises, and of the of the provinces," he says. But he concludes, "I considered all the things that my hands had done and the toil I had spent in doing it and again all was vanity and a chasing after the wind there was nothing to be gained under the sun all was vanity it's vanity he says it's like it's like vapor or breath here today gone tomorrow so last week we talked about buildings as kohelet imagines for himself what it might have been like to make a test of pleasure to build for himself great wealth great homes great buildings This week, it's all about people. It's all about community, you might say. Now, I will be honest and admit that chapter four of Ecclesiastes, the one we're talking about today, I find it to be the chapter that I least understand in the whole book, except for a few little verses in the middle that I think are quite clear. Kohelet writes, then I saw all the toil and all the skill in work, they come from one person's envy of another. This also is vanity and a chasing after wind. Side note, I read a version of that phrase, a chasing after wind, that translated the Hebrew as feeding on wind. The idea is sort of the same, but I like that image. I mean, can you imagine trying to feed on wind? Like there's nothing to it. You can't even see it. You can't taste it. Maybe if it's carrying the scent of something, you can smell it. But you certainly can't live on it. And that's the point. All of these things that Kohelet says are like chasing after the wind. They they have no substance. They cannot sustain you. They won't keep your life. It's like when you're You're hungry and you're longing to eat something, but instead these things you're doing, they're like trying to feed yourself on the wind. So as we read here, when you toil and labor for something that's motivated by what you see that someone else has, that's chasing after the wind. It's not actually going to satisfy you or keep your life. Again, Cohelet writes, I saw vanity under the sun, the case of solitary individuals without sons or brothers, yet there is no end to all their toil, and their eyes are never satisfied with riches. He calls it an unhappy business. Now we do wonder if this might be one of those situations when maybe we tend to see ourselves a little bit too much in the text. Maybe. At least by what I tend to observe around here, I don't really see folks who are so obsessed with their wealth that they live as solitary individuals. Which isn't to say that there aren't people among us who are lonely or feel alone, just that I don't think they're alone because they're not satisfied with their riches and they just want more. This is like the Ebenezer Scrooge character, the the richest guy in town who has everything except for people around him to love and to be loved by. And that's when we get to the part that feels clear in a way that doesn't need much further explanation. Two are better than one. For if they fall, one will lift up the other. If they lie together, they will keep warm. Though one might prevail against another, two will withstand one. For help For comfort, for protection, two are better than one. And Kohelet adds, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. If last Sunday was about buildings, then this Sunday it's about people. It's about our need for people. And more than that, it's about our need for community. In a few weeks, we will begin a a pilot, a, a trial period of locating all of our Sunday programming here at the Church on the Green. If you are newer among us, you might not realize that on Sunday mornings we offer a Sunday school for children and adults at the parish house about a third of, the mi- of a mile away. It has been that way for nearly a hundred years, give or take. Actually, it was in the 1940s when the parish house was renovated from the old South Street Church Sanctuary to accommodate a Sunday school and the offices of the newly reunited Presbyterian Church in Morristown. That's when the chapel just down the hall from here was dedicated as a chapel in 1948. Prior to that, the, it was the session meeting house, the place where the elders of the church would gather. It was also the location of the Sabbath school. There are even some in our congregation who remember those days. The two wings of the chapel, the transepts, they were walled off where the little kitchenette is down in much hall. That didn't exist. There was a door where that kitchenette is and it led into the south transept which is where child care was offered. It's a really interesting part of our story how these buildings have changed and been adapted over the years, but we know it's not about buildings, it's about people, it's about community. For the last, who knows, 50 years, the church has kind of struggled with this two-building model. We know that because the first time the congregation was faced with the question of whether or not it should consolidate its ministries here at Church on the Green was 50 years ago, in 1973. And while that didn't happen, or any of the times consolidation had been proposed since then, that hasn't made things all that much easier for the congregation, for the people. Now look, I have been here a few days longer than six months. I am not about to propose anything that would bring drastic changes to the church's buildings, but I, but I do see the challenges our buildings present when trying to meet the needs of our people and of our community That is the motivation behind this upcoming pilot period. What might it be like to locate our Sunday morning programming here at the Church on the Green? Will it make things easier for people to take part? Will the eased transition between Sunday school and worship mean that more families with young children will participate? Will we feel their energy? Will there be more room for the Holy Spirit to permeate this place? More importantly, will it make it easier to get our message out into the community? When new folks come as guests on Sundays, will the fact that our programs are are right here in this building make them more likely to come back and return? We'll never know until we try. That's why this is a a pilot period, to give it a try. So starting the Sunday after Easter, Sunday School for Children and Adults will move to the Church on the Green. The morning will actually begin at 8 a.m. for you early risers, with the return of our 8 a.m. chapel service, a a simple, contemplative, meditative time of worship with communion offered each Sunday. Then at 9 a.m., Sunday School with donuts and theology for adults meeting in the music room, and the education hour for children in the chapel. Now, yes, if you have not seen the chapel recently, you may be surprised. Because during this trial period, we've relocated the pews to the chapel basement. Doing so allowed us to have the hardwood floors refinished, and they look amazing. That meant, of course, that we removed the blue carpet from the aisles. Now, this is not confirmed, but every longtime member that I have spoken with cannot remember a time since that space was, was converted and dedicated as a chapel when that blue carpet was not there. But the wooden floors, they do look amazing. And the space itself feels open and bright and warm and inviting. There is a, a flexibility to it which seems like it could be a very good thing. The crew that's been working in the chapel has done an extraordinary job. Just yesterday, they were painting and installing radiator covers in there. It's amazing. And it's difficult, too, I know. For those who are unsatisfied with these changes to the space. As I've told others, if, if at the end of this trial period, the worst thing we have done is put the pews back with refinished hardwood floors underneath. I think we'll be okay. But I also dream about what we might do in that space. What we, we might offer to the community because of the flexibility and the openness that new space affords because this work, this ministry of Christ in and through the church, it's not about buildings. It's about people. And more than that, it's about community. People alone do not make a community. Community is forged from a sense of meaning and purpose and belonging to one another. And my hunch is those are things we haven't seen in a very long time. Something tells me, It's what people are longing for. Scholars say that children today have less adult contact than any other generation in human history. And I don't know if locating our programs just down the hallway helps to change that for us. For even just a few. I think it will be worth it. But I keep thinking about what we might do, about the community of employees whose offices are moving into our town, Deloitte, Valley Bank. You probably heard the news that just this week, Sanofi will be building a site for 2,000 employees literally just down the block. But it's not about the buildings. It's about the people and the community of faith that stands here ready to welcome them, to welcome them and all who come through these doors with the love of Jesus Christ and with the invitation to follow him. Today, tomorrow, for this trial period, and always. Thanks be to God, my friends. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening with us today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe. Or if you have someone in your life that may be inspired by this message, please share it with them. Visit us at www.pcmorristown.org or find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook to stay connected with our church. But most of all, remember to be the good in your community, a community that matters.